once again for tuning into the Psychedelic Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Marie, here with Robert, who is also my husband. If some of you did not know and you're just now tuning in to the Psychedelic Podcast, we talk about everything in a non-expert type of way, just like that sentence was very non-expert. We've been working super hard on Indie Pods United. You can check it out at IndiePodsUnited.com. There are over 70 hours of live streaming podcasts. We're on YouTube, Twitch, and on our Facebook group, and that will all be in the description. It's growing over to 1.5K members in just two months, and I am more than happy with the outcome of everything. It's been amazing. So we're going to do some questions that reveal apparently everything about someone's personality. It's random. We need an episode and I'm super happy to be recording again. So let's start with this one. We'll just go ahead and do it. How would you describe yourself? Ever changing. So just one word. Okay. This question, apparently it's, it seems like it's nothing special, but it apparently can reveal a lot about a person's personality. I change with the seasons. <laughs> change with the seasons. I Okay, how would I describe myself? I describe myself as I would call myself charismatic and a people lover. I'm also a people pleaser. I know that I am a very loving person. I'm often misunderstood. Very outgoing, but like to stay at home. Pretty much that's me. I'm athletic. I'm an introverted, extroverted introvert. (laughs) So you can answer this question in so many different ways. Uh, People might answer about their jobs, their families, their personalities, whatever their priority in life might be. Like if somebody did identify themselves first with something like a doctor or a singer, a librarian, then that specific individual being a librarian is just a job and the two other things hold a lot more significance. That makes a lot of sense. But if someone describes themselves as a traveler, then you know that that person is serious about traveling. Robert described himself as ever-changing. So I guess that holds some truth to it then. Robert is ever-changing. I'm a librarian sometimes. <laughs> I'm a maid. I'm a secretary. And a lot of other things we won't say on here. I'm a horse jockey sometimes. A horse jockey. <laughs> you know, it's it can be anything. Ever-changing, evergreen. Just depends on the season. Yes. Might be drinking some Everclear. Ew. Who does Not, that? I don't. Also, apparently you have to pay attention to the words that they use when answering this type of question. If they use words like observant or recreational, they're typically humble we did say introvert, etc., but it's funny because you said athletic, and if people use words like smart or athletic, they're usually extroverted. As you can see, I avoided the question, so I don't know who I am. Who is he? What's your biggest accomplishment, Robert? Starting this podcast with you, Tina. Aw. Apparently. I'm going to stop saying Apparently. This gives critical insight, this particular question, to somebody's past. It can reveal two subtle things about their personality. I don't want to read what they are, so let me answer the question for myself. What is my biggest accomplishment? Having our daughter Aurora and not dying, and coming in second, putting together an event in less than two months. A virtual one at that. Take it seriously. What's your biggest accomplishment? Finding Tina, starting a family, starting this podcast. 
biggest hold the most significance to me. Again, it's where the person's interests lie. It's a very ambiguous question. Is it sporting? Sporting? Is that even a word? I made the all-star team in (laughs) football in high school. I've done a lot of sporting in my time, but I don't really consider that a massive accomplishment, per se. But anyways, is it that? Is it professional? Is it personal? And then you can see what type of areas in their life that they take pride in. So mine was having Aurora. That's very personal. And yours was all very personal as well. Except for the podcast. That was professional, I think. That was professional. Yeah. Finding God, but not really utilizing my knowledge to be a better person as much as I should. (laughs) Understanding life the way the world works and the esoteric meanings of life. Okay. Having a lot of doors open in my mind that have led me to greater and deeper understandings and wisdom of myself, the world, whether I've applied them to myself in a positive way or not, is yet to come to fruition, but that's what I'm striving for. I recently came out on somebody's podcast. It was Daniel Bruce Levin's podcast, Conversations with Strangers, and told everybody about my traumatic experience when I was 20 years old and I did get kidnapped. I would say that was my biggest accomplishment, even over my daughter, because if I had not escaped that situation, I wouldn't have our daughter. The next part of this is how long did it take them to come up with this accomplishment? If it was a long time, it could be they have lots of accomplishments or very, very few. You'll have to use your sixth sense, apparently, so you figure that out. Ask someone that. See what their answer is. If it's personal or professional, it gives you a lot of clues on who they are. If you're on Tinder, make sure you ask, what's your biggest accomplishment? It's a great way to find a good Tinder match. (laughs) Personal ones are definitely way more important to me, though. I think personal ones are way more important. Exactly. It is. I did say podcast first, just because it's with you. We are on a podcast. Yeah. It's necessary. But it's more personal, too, because it is with you. That's true. It's supposed to be your one biggest one, but it's okay. Have you read any good books, Rob? The Untethered Soul. It's about... I love that book, too. Yeah, it's about untethering... The soul? Your your soul from... <laughs> yeah, from your soul from your ego... And having that separation so that you can be more in tune with your higher self. Your ego is not who you really are. It's just the human condition, that duality of good and evil. Once I read that book, I had a greater understanding of myself, the way that I can impact other people and be more at peace with myself. That was the first stepping stone into having a spiritual awakening, which was one of my accomplishments that I mentioned. That's good. I started reading Agatha Christie mystery novels when I was like five years old. I've been reading for a very long time, so I've read a lot of good books, probably in the thousands. They're all good to me. Every book is very different. Thousands? That's impressive. Maybe cracked into a hundred. I mean, I used to hang out at the library. My parents would take me there almost every day for several years of my life. Are we talking about start to finish? Yes. I used to love reading books. I really, really, really love books. 
Lately, I haven't gotten to read any good books because we've been busy podcasting, talking about the things that we've learned. But that's okay, because I know I've read good ones. Ooh. Every book is good to me. Another good pair of books is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and A New Earth also by him. That's a good pair mm-hmm. if you want to go on a spiritual journey. We've both read those books. Yeah, we have. It's a good question. I mean, it depends on who you're talking to, I think. Not everybody loves books. Not everybody's interested in books. Some people have ADD. They don't really want to read books. I understand that. They like audiobooks. It's not mm. really the same as reading a good book. You're listening to the book. You're still getting the same value. But what the question is about is you can see quickly if you share the same interests. You and I clearly did. We both like those types of books. You'll also be able to work out the non-readers and the readers. Some people just go, I don't read. Other non-readers will take ages to work out what the last book that they read was. That makes sense. They show they're trying to impress you by searching for a book to say. Among readers, you'll find people that prefer business and self-help books. I've read all of those. I do like sci-fi when it comes to books as well as movies. And in answering this question... It shares a lot of the perspective of that kind of person, especially like someone that shares an interest in books about mindfulness, which are the two books that Robert just mentioned, which we both have read. What is your dream job? That is another question that can reveal everything about someone's personality, according to psychologists. What's your dream job, Robert? To be able to do this podcast to generate streams of income from that and to be able to live comfortably. Another dream job that I did want before this was to be a professional football or baseball player, but that is never going to happen. It's it's still a dream job, though. 27. Well, even if I got started in that type of career six, seven years too late, I would have to do rigorous training. I would have to bulk up about 40, 50 pounds. It would just be a really, really uphill battle to be a pro football or baseball player at this point. But that was my dream job. My dream job still is and always will be to work in something within the entertainment realm, which I am doing. Podcasting is entertainment. My one and forever love will always be musical theater. If I could just be on a theater stage and do musical theater and sing and dance and act all day long or direct anything like that forever and get paid for it, not just 10 or 15 bucks an hour, that would be my actual dream job. Five grand a a show. I mean, Rob's seen it. Like I've made 10 grand a week doing commercials and doing mainstream acting, but I love musical theater. That would be my dream job. The psychological factor behind this question is some people would like to show their creative side by talking about their creative dreams. Some people will try to be funny and describe things that don't even exist, like be a beer taster. That's a real job, or, though. Yeah. Or collect as many kittens as possible. Or, Why not? Or cuddle with puppies. That's a job, too, actually. Whatever they respond with reveals whether they've thought about the question either a lot or a little bit. Or not at all, like subconsciously. Or not at all. Um, Interestingly, though, this type of question gets asked a lot in in in-person interviews for jobs. That makes sense. So that's something that people might want to thoroughly think out. It is something that you will have to answer a lot in life. I don't think that everybody needs to have a response to this. If you did not subconsciously think of having a dream job, just like when I get asked, 
what celebrity would you interview if you had the chance? I don't have an answer because I did not look up to very many growing up. I kind of just did my own thing. So this is a very ambiguous question. Everybody's going to be across the board on this. Some won't have anything and some will. It can be very vague, but it does say a lot about the person. The next question is, who is your personal hero? My personal hero. Funny that that just got asked because it's the same answer of when people ask me what celebrity I would like to interview. I don't have a personal hero. I think that my hero, and as as egotistical as this might sound, Rob did say a good statement. It was really good advice on separating the ego from the soul. But the ego is a very important component of every single person. And it exists in each and every one of us. So honestly, my personal hero is myself. Okay, interesting. I don't have a celebrity or anything like that either. I've never idolized celebrities, period. I've looked up to them in certain ways. Never idolize them. My personal heroes would probably be certain religious figures that... Not everybody can agree with. ...put themselves out on the line for the greater good of humanity, believed in something they would die for, for the greater betterment of humanity. They died for people. They had unrelenting faith I'm not going to get specific. It could be many different religious figures. Yeah. Whatever you believe in, those are true heroes. People that stood up for what was right, no matter what, died for it. Essentially martyrs for humanity humanity for a pure reason. That's a very meaningful question. Who is your personal hero? Why? It's more about the psychology of the question, right? So... This is one of the more meaningful questions that you can ask people. You'll find that some people might say family member, multiple family members. Others might say it's an athlete or a celebrity, pop culture. Yeah, I don't see how. No offense, people. Like I said, the psychology behind this question is you'll learn a lot about people's values based off of their answers here. You can probe people with these questions by asking, what is it that makes this person your hero and what makes them stand out to you? That's the key right there. I already gave my answer a while ago. Right. Of and you, why I'm my own hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually they'll they'll talk about characteristics that they aspire to have in themselves. So I'm, if, I'm good then. If they, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Tina's her own hero. That's a good thing. It's good to be your own hero. I don't have to aspire to have something in myself because it's already who I am. Yeah, exactly. So... Do people look up to like a president, a or- president or, you know, civil rights activists like Martin Luther King Jr.? The answer to these questions can really give off a lot of signals about what type of person yeah. that is answering the question. Yeah. So moving on. Rob, what question do you always want people to ask you about yourself? That's a deep question. For me, it'd be... Something that can help you day to day, like what are certain practices, what are certain affirmations and things like that, that can help you grow in your day to day life. About you? Assuming that we're having this conversation where we're going to have the discussion about it. What are things that help you grow? What, What can help me grow? Because whoever's asking the question, I would ask them the same thing. Yeah. So that's something that you can figure out with the questioner. (laughs) <laughs> Certain things that, that can help you in day-to-day life okay. that can help you grow. 
what can set you on a path of positivity moving forward, momentum towards being the best person that you can be. That's the type of thing that I would like people to ask me so that maybe we can kind of figure out what works for each other. Really, the only way to become a better person is to take it one day at a time. So what in this moment could make me better? We can figure that out. And what question do I always want people to ask me about myself? I really actually don't have an answer to this because so many questions get thrown my way on a daily basis that there's nothing that I really want people to ask me. There's no yearning in my soul for anyone to ask me any kind of question. I'll answer all of them to the best of my ability. I don't have a response for this. So I'd like to know what this is all about. I would say that we love to talk about ourselves. So I think people love to be asked questions about themselves. I don't personally. I really don't. But it happens to everybody at some point. I would say just ask someone the kinds of questions that you think that they would want to answer. Let them talk because it could be a venting opportunity for them while you just sit there and listen and take it all in. And that's something therapeutic. That's something that we've done together with some people that we've met and encountered. We've been there and let them vent to us, and we've asked them questions about themselves, knowing that the state they're in might not be stable and they might need help. So basically, yes, we have been here. I get this from a psychological standpoint, which is probably why I honestly don't have an answer to this question, because I'm willing to answer any question. It's okay. It's not a problem. No, it's a good thing. I didn't want to answer Actually, it I'm either. glad to see that that's what it is because yeah. I didn't have a response for right. it. So psychologically speaking, I understand people enough to the fact that I can look at them, see their situation, and then know what kinds of questions that they need to be asked so that we can help them. So this is a purely selfless thing here. All right. This is a very interesting question. This one is, what did you discover about yourself when your last relationship ended? I discovered that I am better than that and keep moving up on the totem pole of being a better person for myself and everybody around me. I mean, I discovered so many things that I could talk about it for five episodes. So honestly, I discovered a lot, period. That's all I have to say. What about you, Robert? I discovered that I wasn't as good of a person at the time that I thought I was. I had a lot of guilt issues, and I had a lot of jealousy issues. Basically, I cheated on this person. So I found myself feeling really bitter, feeling like I had a lot of unresolved issues. But that had a lot to do with myself. A lot of anger and resentment towards a person that I hurt first. But then they got back at me in a huge way. But I had caused the problem in the first place. I always held a resentment towards that person for a really long time. Later on down the road, I realized it was probably me with the issues. And they had plenty of issues themselves, absolutely. It's not about blaming other people. It's about your own introspection. And I discovered that I had a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of things that came out from my childhood, lack of attention being spoiled, entitlement, can kind of just do whatever I want and hurt whoever I wanted without any repercussions. And then when I got caught in situations where I definitely deserved punishment for what I had done, I didn't care because I was spoiled. I felt like I could just get away with whatever and I can explain my way out of whatever. 
And I didn't take into consideration that other people had feelings too. If you feel that way, guys, you just have to take that and move forward with that same feeling you had then into your next relationship and with yourself. How does anger manifest itself in your body? I think what they're asking here is when you feel angry, Robert, and then I'll answer too, and then we'll get into what it all means. When you are feeling angry, how do you feel it manifest in your body? That's a really, really profound charge, big adrenaline rush. It can only be expressed as an explosion. The aftermath of that, the next day or whatever, I feel a lot of physical pain because I'm holding on to it. It instead manifests. Of, yeah, instead of letting it go, it manifests all of the unresolved things that you hold on to and you don't say sorry and you don't forgive people and then you end up making way worse decisions than was initially the cause of making you angry in the first place you end up with these ripple effects bottle these bottled up energies just stick within your body and your soul that you can't really get rid of unless you address them and let them pass through you and they in project, order to get rid of them yeah. it, they project themselves they project themselves outwards to everybody that you deal with Every time you feel that kind of feeling, I'm sure for anybody that deals with that type of feeling inside themselves, yeah, they have to, I mean, it's got to be a painful thing to deal with. There's ways to get help for yeah. that. But you have to realize you have it first. Me, mm -hmm. how does anger manifest itself in my body? I get anxious. I get panicky. Mm -hmm. And I just react. And it's never a good thing to just instantly react. Usually... I don't really get angry. I get hurt. So I can't really relate to this question. I just respond accordingly. Yeah. And if you don't deal with what made you angry, it's going to be a constant reoccurrence for you. So what, what they say here, according to psychologists, is that you want to know how people let the anger come about themselves so you can recognize if that happens when you're dealing with them yourself. It's not really for you. It's really to help the other person figure out when something's bothering them. Some people apparently get red in the face or feel that build up inside them, that tornado of anger. Mm -hmm. That's an anger physical, management there's thing. There's physical cues that you can see in other people. And I'm bad about that because I just internalize it. So you can't really tell until it comes out. Others feel shaky and weak. I'm, I'm kind of in between both because right. I don't feel anger manifesting. I, I feel sadness and hurt and pain. And that's kind of my answer to that question. But that's a question. It's a tough one to answer. That according Both to psychologists, yeah, very, very much so can reveal a lot about a person. So if you want to really get to know us, go and look at what our answers are and do some research yourself. Go to the DSM-5 and check out what all that means. This is what the psyche is all about. Exactly. Your favorite panel of non-experts here. This one is, do you have a philosophy about life that you live by? It's very cliche. I do live this way. I don't have to say it really, but this is the first time that someone's ever actually asked me this. And it is live every day like it's your last because of my past and because of everything I've been through. I try to do things that will have good outcomes for the rest of the time that I have here on earth where I can help people try my best to be a good person. So living each day like it's your last is so important. 
to me. That's it. That's the philosophy. Because you never know. We've all lost people in our lives. That's my philosophy. We know that they would have just kept going, right? The people that we've lost. So that's it. That's it for me. What's yours? Be true to your word. Don't take anything personal. Be more understanding of where others have come from, even though you may never come to discover that or they may never be able to convey that to you. Because they can't convey that to you, it's something that you'll never be able to understand. And just to hold a space of forgiveness for them, no matter what they do to you, which goes hand in hand with don't take anything personal because the way that people act towards us in a negative way is never personal to you. It's something personal within themselves that they're projecting, which I'm not very good at. I guess I don't really live by that, but I have this knowledge and hopefully one day I can get better at living out the things that I know are the correct ways. This type of question, it seems really casual. I mean, I don't see it as that. They say it masquerades as something casual. I don't think it is. Asking anybody about anything philosophical is never a casual conversation. It's a very difficult thing to ask somebody. and It's a very difficult thing to answer. This question is very hard to answer. If you cannot answer this, do a little soul searching. Because if you aren't living by something that you really stand by philosophically, because we all have that within ourselves then you might be in the wrong realm of existence because you need to have something that you are living by. You need to stand by that. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Everybody's got a perspective on life. They all have their own worldviews, which is why I love anybody, no matter what their politics are, no matter what part of humanity they choose to side with. I don't believe there should be sides. I feel like everybody is very, very equal and it doesn't really matter where you come from. Mm -hmm. None of that matters. You're a good person. You're a bad person. You're a neutral person, but you're still a human. Okay. And every, every action has an outcome. It has ramifications, whether it's a good or bad action. We shouldn't take lightly. Every little thing that we do will have an outcome. So the days where you sit there and do nothing like I did yesterday, I could have been taking positive actions to better my life and kind of get a snowball of positive things going. But I chose to do nothing yesterday. Every moment of every day, we can be doing something positive that will improve our lives and the lives of our loved ones and everyone around us. We shouldn't take every moment for granted because we're living in tough times. And even if we weren't, take every moment and every action and every decision as if it is going to have deep implications for yourself and everybody around you because it does. It definitely does. There's a ripple effect in everything. But the point of the question is, you can get a glimpse into what the person's moral values are, or whether they have any at all. So if you don't have a philosophy you're living by, and you ask this question to somebody they don't know what their philosophy is, they might not have morals. And then you got to question that. So if they say that their life philosophy is something like money, their priority is making money at any cost, I would be worrisome about that kind of person. Knowing someone's life philosophy soon after meeting them can probably save you a lot of time. Absolutely. The next one is, what do you like most about yourself? Hmm, let's see. What do I like most about myself? My ability to forgive people. And it is a problem, but it's also a strength. That's my answer in one sentence. So what about you? What do you like most about yourself? 
the way I can articulate myself most of the time, sometimes I can't. A lot of the times I can be really foggy and that's due to not taking care of myself physically or spiritually. I come off kind of jumbled a lot. When I am in tip top condition and I'm at my healthiest, the ability to just have a positive impact on other people just by my presence and when I am treating people kindly with respect and having that greater wisdom of all of the philosophies that we've discussed previously, people appreciate those things about me. I can tell because when I'm doing the opposite, I have a horrible, horrible influence on other people. And that just shows how great of a positive impact that I can have on people. That's a good answer. So a person that's bragging about themselves, which neither of us did here. Insecure. It's insecure or might even have narcissistic personality disorder, which we did cover in the past. And it was very controversial. We did get some bad responses and I'm okay with that. Everybody's different. And Nobody likes people that brag too much. And sometimes when people don't reveal a lot about themselves, it can come off as insincere and they can be manipulating you into liking them by saying there's not anything deeper here. Right. What you see is what you get. Now, there's always layers and layers upon well, layers to people. And if they're denying that, then they're, they're being untrue to themselves and it can be sort of manipulative unless, you know, they don't trust the person enough to tell them deeper things about themselves. And that's understandable. But if you know somebody well enough to ask this question to them and they're giving you this shallow sort of contrived response, it could come off as manipulative. Yeah. If you could change the world... What would you change? I would change the way that people think. Well, I wouldn't want to change the way that people think in a sense that I'm controlling how you think. I would want people, the ones off the deep end a little bit, I would want them to be more open to understanding other people's beliefs and understanding where they're coming from. I would want them to be more open to that, not to change their whole outlook on everything because everyone has a reason for why they think the way they do about certain things, but that would be what I would change. Make people more open to other people's understandings and perspectives on life itself. I would sort of have a similar response to that one. I would change people's desire to just chase money and materialistic things, I would urge them to delve much deeper into themselves and into where we've come as a humanity and to see that this philosophy and this thought process isn't working, obviously, because we're driving ourselves into complete destruction and extinction. And some people want that, and that's their prerogative, unfortunately. And it goes much deeper than politics and current events that are happening in the world. If people think a certain way about their politics and the way they perceive things to be happening into the world, there's probably a way deeper side to that person that makes them think that way about these things in the first place. So instead of surface level conversation, it should go much deeper and it never really does. And it's sort of taboo to go deeper than that. And I think that's a huge problem. And that's going to drive us into more conflict, even more so than we see right now. The answer to this question reveals a lot about a person and how much they pay attention to things like current events and politics and all of that kind of stuff, but also 
that person's moral values. So is their answer selfish or do they actually show genuine concern for the well-being of everyone around them and the planet? It's a question you need to ask. If you want to understand somebody and they're being honest with their answers, these are questions an honest person can answer and you will be able to tell if they're being honest about it. I think that's where a lot of frustration in the world comes from when it comes to understanding people. This social interaction is only scratching the surface of who we are as people. When we continue to just scratch the same surface over and over again and don't delve deeper into the true understandings of who we are, it's only going to lead to more and more frustration for society to repel apart and for there to be a lot more divide. And it doesn't matter what color you are or whatever. Be a human. We're, be a good person, we're not, people. We're not thinking the right way here. As a collective, it's, yeah. it's not happening. But we can't put those vibes into the universe. Let's just pretend everybody for a second that is still listening that we can change the world, all of us together as one whole and so this is a very important question because it can lead to so many more questions and so many more responses and go so much deeper than just that very vague question that probably none of us would actually ask somebody else. So I want to ask you this. Do you prefer working alone or do you like working with others? This is a question a lot of jobs have asked me. It depends on what the task is. If I know that I can do something more efficiently by myself, I'm going to want to do it alone. But most of the time, you can always work as a team better at accomplishing any task. I overall do prefer working with other people. There's so many more possibilities that people can come up with that you don't know. There's, there's so many perspectives out there. Even if somebody appears to be invaluable, they may have something golden to offer to a certain situation. And that one thing could catapult this project or whatever you're working on with people to making it something extraordinary. The other people might have a million amazing ideas. It may not have turned out as successful in the end if you didn't have that one person that didn't have any knowledge about most of it, but had that one golden perspective that can really take a group project to a whole nother level that you wouldn't have gotten had it not been for that one person. I am on the fence for this question of do you prefer working alone or with others? I don't mind working alone at all. I can absolutely learn anything if I want to. Everybody's capable of that. I do prefer overall working with others. I enjoy the community and I enjoy having people boost one another up. There's always more to be found when you are working with others. And like you were saying, perspectives, all of that is so important, which is why we enjoy working as a panel, which we are looking for another panel member. So if you made it this far, hit us up, indiepodsunited at gmail.com. We might want to have you on our panel and you might get to hang out with us because we're super cool. But this question is really important. Some people work better alone, right? And others thrive in a group. But if this potential person that you're speaking with, or even a partner, you ask them this question, it can give you a hint as if, do they play nice with others? It's not good if they don't, in my opinion. And if they prefer to work alone, it might just be because they don't cooperate well in a team. And that's neither good nor bad. And that's my opinion. 
If you think you have all the knowledge, you're not going to grow. You have to be open-minded and willing to take suggestions from other people because we've all been through different things. We can't tell the story of the world by ourselves. And a lot of projects that you work on require a team effort. You're going to need everybody's input in order to get a bigger picture of what could be. Quite a few of these questions can lead to more questions. This was all about things that can reveal something about another person's personality. But in my opinion, you would have to go a lot deeper into each and every single one of these questions and and make it a conversation piece. Maybe word them a little bit differently. Because I wouldn't just come out and be like, hey, who's your superhero? I would probably never do that. I've generally never asked any of these questions to anyone. I just pay attention to how they are. That has caused me a lot of mistakes and heartache in my life, but also it's taught me a lot of different ways to view everybody in the world. And it works and it doesn't work sometimes, but that's okay. It's just basic psychology and we thought it would be an interesting episode to do. So yeah, just be aware of the people that you surround yourselves with and ask questions. And it doesn't have to be these kind of questions. These are just some questions that psychologists say can reveal a lot about somebody's personality. And in my opinion, yes, they can, once again, but it goes a lot deeper than that. You pay attention to body language. You pay attention to how they interact with others. You pay attention to what their family lives are like. There's so many different pieces that you have to put together to fully understand somebody before you jump into anything. It could be a friendship, a relationship, a rekindled family relationship. It could be any of these things. Be careful and ask those questions. Ask deep questions. Get philosophical about it. Never start out on one of these questions. And don't just talk about sports all the time. It's not all about who's your favorite sports team or what political party you affiliate yourself with. Ask the deeper questions. Try to genuinely care about other people. Figure out the way that people operate because we can find a lot about who we are through other people. So who's the best basketball player of all time, Jordan or LeBron? Maybe (laughs) ask somebody, what do they believe the meaning of life is? Work your way into it, though. Work your way into it. Don't offend (laughs) anybody, but I feel like these are intricate ways that we can learn to connect with each other in a more efficient and meaningful way. Teach us all more about each other. In these times of disconnection, really bring that connection back with all of this pop culture, distractions. Let's look past the programming and conditioning and let's really grow to know and understand each other better. And I just want to say thank you to everybody that was a part of IndiePods United. Everyone that was in it, that was a founder, a co-founder, that came in late and did an amazing job. I'm going to put your links in this description as well. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody that did join into the event. Please go check that out. Thank you to our sponsor, Artie Hoffman. He was in the event with us. Go check him out, artiehoffman.com. That's A-R-T-I-E-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.com. Also going to be in the description. Also, thank you so much to the Steve Joyner Network and all of the people affiliated with that network that participated in the event. The event was well beyond expectations, and it was just absolutely amazing. 
we're already looking for ways to improve the next one. We're thinking about doing it bi-yearly. So get excited for the next convention coming the middle of next year. We're thinking of July. Yep, those spots are gonna fill up fast, so everybody sign up ASAP. Go join the group because you won't see the questionnaire to sign up if you do not join our group. You can find that by going to IndiePodsUnited.com, which will also be in the description. But anyways, we love you guys so much. Sorry it took so long for us to get back to you. We hope you still love us. I know it was a little bit of a deeper conversation and there's usually a lot more laughter happening, but we will have that coming for you soon. Be on the lookout for our next episode. Thank you from the Psyche-Dalek podcast. Thank you guys so much. 